Well, hello everyone. It's another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I'm Alon. And I'm Ara. And I'm full of coffee. Full of coffee? Excellent. Um, I am not, but so, I am awake. So we'll see how much I can remember this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that that's going to happen this week, or at least the week when people are hearing the show, is that we're finally, finally going to get the PlayStation 4. I, I said it was two weeks away, but I think it's, I mean, last episode said it was two weeks away, but it's really like one and a half. Am I wrong? What is today? When we're actually recording it. Today, today? Today, today is like... But then but then the, the walls that their listeners believe is reality will fold in upon themselves, and do we really want to give them this much truth right now? They never, it's not like anyone listens to it live to begin with. It's always recorded. Okay. It's, it's re- recorded it's, earlier than usual it's like november 4th or something yeah so it's really it's only like a week and a half away yeah it's actually this is about 20 seconds since our last show <laughs> yeah that's i'm uh i'm in san francisco next week which is it's funny right so the playstation 4 is going to get delivered to my house while i'm not there but i am going to be in close vicinity to the sony metreon in San Francisco. Which is the best place to be for a PS4 launch, I guess. Yeah. But, like, had I known this, I could have just gone there to buy one that day and not pre-ordered through Sony or something. Like, I'm sure they'll have plenty. And some probably rager party that night or something. Well, at least you uh, didn't go to Blockbuster Video where uh, you had pre-ordered the PlayStation for in the uk which you didn't but someone else did did you say blockbuster video yeah blockbuster in the uk sells ps4s and somebody was very upset because they delayed it by months and blockbuster wasn't giving them satisfaction so as the fine gentlemen in the uk are a lot more industrious ironically than uh, many of us here this guy went out and he basically protested outside the store until he got his satisfaction. And that was excellent. And he got his satisfaction. And it was great because I was reading the piece and it was like, not only not only did I get my money back, but I was the first transaction that day. And that must have been really important to him, I guess. But Okay. I just – I'm still trying to get a handle on the fact that Blockbuster – still basically exists anywhere. Yeah, they kind of don't really exist very much, do they? They only exist a little bit now. Yeah, not here. Not least. definitely not here so much. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm are you actually going to come over and see this thing? What, I mean, when you get a PS4? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Of course. I'm so interested. I'm just not interested in paying any money. You you uh you sort of had the life back in the day when you worked at a studio like the last time systems came out, right? Like, oh yeah, that I mean that was yeah that was a nice luxury to have, right? We'd been working on three six Xbox three three sixty months and months before. Yeah, so you'd be able not not out. only that when a new game comes out, someone in the office inevitably has it, and so you can watch people play whatever. But now you're working from home, and like you don't see that as much. It's just whatever you have or whatever videos you have access to. Yeah, it's true. It's one of the drawbacks. Yeah, working from home. So. Anyway, I've got got a lot of stuff to buy, and it's depressing because I don't have that much money to spend on new systems, new games, new controllers, a new receiver I need to get. I need to get a new Switch to handle all the network devices now. Like, Well, now's going to be the time to buy, uh, just in a couple of weeks when all the big sales start. Yeah. Oh, and, and my wife wants a new laptop, so that's, we're waiting for Black Friday or whatever for that. That'll be exciting. Jesus. Okay, well, I have something else exciting I I would like to share. All right, prove it. I will. So, there's this game called the Blackwell Deception. Actually, I think it's just called Blackwell Deception. I haven't heard of it. The author of the game, the developer for this game, did a promotion around Halloween. And he was like, okay... For a short amount of time, this game's just going to be free. Okay, so I have heard of this only because of this story. Okay, yes, and I have heard of this game. Okay, it's through this story. This is such a this is such a 
good story on so many levels. So he finds out that basically tons and tons of people are downloading this thing, like way more than he ever expected. And he's like, whoa, he's trying to figure out why. Well, actually, one thing he finds out is that the because this his game is on Steam, you see, right? So he was giving away Steam codes. Well, the first problem was that the Steam codes that he was giving away uh, wasn't just giving the user entitlement to that game. It was giving the user entitlement to all of this person's, this developer's games on Steam, which are apparently all of his games. And so that was a huge panic disaster. And so he finds a way through his Steamworks software to actually retroactively remove games from a key. And that actually worked. Okay. So he was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, remove all the games other than what I intended. And that was, he then, okay, that was a problem. And he thought problem solved, right? So then a few hours later, he finds out that uh, actually, okay, so he's using a sales provider uh, known as BMT, okay? And to do his digital sales and so on. And so apparently his offer was so popular that all all of BMT servers were just overloaded and shut down because of it. And so what he found out was that people were just taking hundreds and hundreds of keys at a time. And what they were doing was just a bunch of people got in on this and they were intending to basically collect these Steam keys for resale later, right? Because it was a limited time only proposition. So then he's like, all right, how am I going to solve this problem, right? So he gives away, he, he removes this, the Steam keys from the giveaway, and he's like, okay, look, I'm just going to host the game somewhere else and give the game out for free in another way, in a more controlled way, perhaps, than what Steam is able to facilitate. And the funny thing is, was that um, the way he describes it is that, well, he got lots of angry emails and tweets because people who want something that was uh, offered for free, apparently it's not enough just to get it for free, like they wanted it to be for free on Steam. So my, my, my first reaction is that, okay, look, like all the people who vociferously complain about that aspect, uh, those people have no credibility to complain about anything. Let me, let me understand, though. So he was giving it away through codes on Steam, and then he gave it away where it's just not on Steam. You can just install the game. Yeah, and this was, this was met with a, a lot of uh, negative response, let's say. Okay. So anyway, it was negative enough for him to figure out, decide, okay, maybe I should do something else. So he's talking with the sales provider and he's like, okay, let's set up, uh, you know what, let's set up a restriction so that only one IP address can actually download each code, right? So uh, that so, sounds like good security, right? That's with these BMT or whoever yeah, people? Yeah, wrong, not good security because all of the people who are exploiting simply uh, just found ways to hide their IP address and or spoof it. So uh, this apparently slowed down uh, almost nothing, right? So it was just the, the bump in the road in terms of security. So then he was like, look, I'm just going to, okay, just forget it. This, I'm just going to cancel the giveaway, right? And it was too much work. I mean, no, nobody should have to go through that just to do a promotion properly the way that they intended to. I want to okay. know why he can't just limit it one per email address. Uh, I don't know. Or one per Steam account. Like, if you have a Steam account, you go in there and you get it. I don't know the answer to that, but for some reason, they decided to do one IP address per, and that didn't work either. But this is not the end of problems. There's more. So he decided to, like, sleep for the first time in, like, over, you know, a 24-hour period when he decided to cancel the giveaway. And when he wakes up the next morning, he finds out that, look, this company was working with BMT. Well, they removed the link to the Steam key generator, right? But they did not actually remove the generator. So, of course, it was being exploited to the tune of 30,000 keys overnight. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's a huge bummer. And... You may wonder, how did this problem start originally? How did this even first place? Well, 
when he was setting up this promotion, he tested every single thing except testing out his keys that he was going to give away. I don't understand what you mean. So he did everything he could to avoid abuse except test the keys? Well, yeah, he didn't test the keys before releasing them. So the key, the, the original keys that basically enabled the, the recipient to receive all of his games, yeah. he didn't test those out. So consider this a warning. If there's one thing you don't test and you're doing something involved with software, that's the one that's going to break. Oh, well, that's true. More importantly, if you give away something for free has value outside of that um you know promotion or short period of time or whatever yeah you're gonna get abused yeah this is this is this is to file under the uh this is why we can't have nice things category yeah this kind of garbage incenses me to no end really he should have just lowered the price and i don't know what sort of controls steam even offers but a better solution is say like what ios does it's free right now go get it you know what this is this is this is when they're giving away free sample guys who come in with the duffel bag and take 70 samples. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's crappy, though. You know, what's funny? Of course like, it's not, crappy. You it's and I haven't even heard of this game, yet other people were trying to capitalize on it. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. There's just, I don't understand you people. Like, how can you feel, how can you feel like a human being? And Clearly not like, we're not speaking to any of our listeners. And not like a rat. Look, if you guys, if our listeners are doing this, then I am speaking to your listeners. <laughs> And my listeners. It's just so unconscionable, you know? It's so premeditated. It's like... uh, Okay, I'm going to try and calm down for our next segment. We'll be back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we are back. You are listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And we have a Facebook page, slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and of course, sponsored by the illustrious University of Advanced Technology and their website, uat.edu. So, some guy gets screwed out of a bunch of stuff. What was the end result there? Did he let everybody keep, keep the games, or did he just say, screw he's, it? Well, he's trying to somehow uh, recover and or... Uh, do something nasty to whoever stole all those keys, but he's trying to do something. Don't you think there's a system in place where he could just say, okay, all those keys are valid for the next week. If you don't, if you don't actually use the key in a short amount of time, then that's smart. That would be, that would be a really smart thing to do if you have that facility. Yeah. I know nothing of these processes, so I don't even know what's possible and what's not possible. And I was saying before, the best system is iOS, but it's not, I mean, there's other problems with that. As a developer on iOS, you don't have the freedom to just give out keys for your own game. You know what? You can just give it out, which is lame. I do have to say that um, despite all the garbage that this guy went through, the Streisand effect of Brown is probably really great PR for him. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And I he mean, deserves really great PR after this kind of disaster. I hope the game's good. This is what I don't get. This isn't like a corporation, Okay. Isn't it like a couple that made the game? It's like I mean, this is like this is like small time mom and pop shop. This guy's trying to earn a living on his own product. This isn't some faceless corporation that's uh, that's you know that's greedy and has done untold bad things to people over the years and taken advantage of people. This isn't like you know 
the rat race where it's like, you know, yeah, like this, it's not like that. I mean, this is just a guy legitimately earning a living, doing something where he's bringing legitimate value to a community. And there's just all these parasites that are destroying it for everybody. You know, this something you just said reminded me of another, another story I read recently. This uh, this idea that, you know, the big company who did you wrong or whatever. Yeah. You, you remember EA getting named, like, worst company in the world? Or yeah, whatever? and they didn't even deserve that because they're far worse companies yeah. than EA. Good Lord. So when I, when I was reading through the news today, that today is last week for people listening to the show anew, um, there's there were several segments on Polygon today that were referencing the new CEO of EA, and uh, one of the the articles was talking about how like they saw this two years running worst company. I don't know if it's worst company in the world or whatever, just worst company. Worst company of the year. Yeah. Awarded by Consumerist.com. By the way, uh, their voting uh, logistics uh, not exactly uh, ship. Sh- not exactly the most uh, the tightest procedure, but go yeah. ahead. Sadie was probably abused. I'm just saying there's a lot of opportunities. There. All right. Well, anyway, um, they've they've taken it to heart, and they're like, it doesn't even matter, like if it's legit or whatever. It's just clearly consumers have this, you know, this negative view. So what what can we learn from this? And there was another article where someone was like, I was actually really confused by this one, but. But I guess someone had asked, you know, what could the U.S. government learn from you guys with the whole like healthcare website not running properly? And EA has a lot of experience with things not running properly on release. That's a low blow. Yeah. Look, no. EA's made some poor products, but nothing compared to Obamacare websites. No, but I, I think maybe maybe you misunderstood the sentiment or I, I don't know. I thought the very same thing when I saw how how badly it's running based solely on news coverage from uh the daily show by the way um i i instantly thought of ea i was like they should have just learned from the video game industry they have problems day one all the time ea with sim city and uh, everything else right um but he brought up the same thing except the article was like the article quoted him as saying like look we learned a lot look at battlefield 4 and then they put in, in parentheses Battlefield 4 has had a lot of problems since launch, so I don't know what he was trying to say, and I'm a little bit confused. But the um, point is they have had a lot of experience with that, and uh, they are trying, or they supposedly have learned from that. And that feeds into what I was saying a minute ago about also trying to learn from the fact that everyone doesn't, that a lot of people dislike the company. And I, I mean, I used to have, I think, more negative feelings about EA than I do now. I'm not totally sure why, but... Um, like they are, they are certainly a big company. It's like they're trying to do better, and that's that's why I'm bringing this up. Like it's nice to see like new guy in charge, and may I mean this is only the tip of the iceberg, right? We don't really know, but they seem to be paying attention and wanting to do better. And that's by the way, sort of a general theme across all sorts of large corporations the last several years. But it's, it's true. It's good that it's hit EA where they're like, hey. You know what? We we hear you. And it took this major, you know, event to happen to be like, you are the worst company ever for them to to actually realize that they should do better. But I guess it's for the better. It's it's a good thing that this happened so that they're improving. And I wonder if what was Bank of America number two? Like they the were they, they were, were close and I mean they you know EA does not um you know like foreclose on houses they don't own and ruin people's lives that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, EA's not done that, so I think Bank of America is a little bit further ahead in the running, or they should be. Although I can't help but think that if that whole, if you assume that that whole voting thing was legit, I think this only speaks to the video game consumers to complain more than anything else. For yeah. some reason or another, our culture, our gamer culture is the uh, most capable of complaining. I I think that's true. Also, I mean, well, because we're talking about complaining online, and so they're, they're more, like, freely accessing the Internet and, and wasting the time or having the time to go participate in this particular... Yeah, but I feel procedure. like it's, it goes deeper than that. You know, I feel like, 
Look, if you spend so much time online and you're so accustomed to complaining, and if you do that over a period of time enough, that spills over into your real life too. And uh, I just this just sounds to me like just part of the young culture right now that is just so entitled. And I mean, I was just look. You know how much I go on Facebook. I I do very little. Yeah, like uh, as little as possible. And so I inadvertently like spotted some conversation happening between uh, some of my friends and some other people who weren't friends. And um, you know, there's this guy who was complaining about like what was he complaining about? Guns. It was a video game thing. It was like this video game doesn't give me like this. Uh, like I think we need to like, you know, like complain about it and this should be stopped. Oh yeah, it was about. It was. This is. You're gonna think this is so precious. It was about how the new consoles are not backwards compatible, and this guy was like, the PS3 was backwards compatible for like this, a day. This, this was his exact voice, by the way, even though I've never met him. Um, the PS3 was backwards compatible, so they're really like screwing us by not making this one backwards compatible. And uh, I think that needs to be changed. And like, they got to stop taking advantage of us. It's just like, where do you get off? Like, how dare you? It was kind of weird. You just think that a product a generation ago had a special feature for some mainly technical reason that you're not privy to because you don't look before you leap. And now you just want what you had before because that's what you had and you just think that things should be the way they are because they used to be that way. Get off of yourself. Good Lord. Yeah, you know what's funny is I go backwards compatible. Like I, the only reason I care is because I don't want to have that thing on my shelf anymore. Yeah. The old one. <laughs> but I'm never going to go use it. With the Xbox 360, I might because there was a lot of stuff on – uh, right. Well, well of that course, I... that's not that's not the crux of the issue, right? I but, mean, you can. I mean, that's just the proxy for whatever like thing you don't have that you had before. Yeah, we this we is... are quite a complaining bunch. I, I mean, look, you know how much I love to complain. Oh, yeah, no, and I, mean, I love to. Complain. We love to complain so much that we do it every week on a show to but, thousands of people. But this is this is like an entirely different category of complaining. I mean, at least complain and bring something to the table with your complaint other than just, like, I want it. Wait on, wait a second. You're, you're asking a whole lot of Facebook at this point. I'm, you know what? The reason I, you're not on Facebook much is because this is the type of conversation that happens. I have high standards for people, and they should meet those standards because I feel entitled to them. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So... You know what? Okay, I have another thing to complain about now that we're on the irony side. Why not? We have a whole show to do that. Oh, yeah. So guess what the PSN does now? Uh, accepts PayPal? The store, no. This is actually um, – no, it's not really interesting, but I, it's, I think it's going to lead us to an interesting conversation. So last time I complained about updates on the PSN store, right, PlayStation Network, and how unpleasant it is, how they're making it harder to actually find what you want. And what you're most interested in. Yeah, I remember that. I just noticed, maybe this isn't new this week, but I just noticed for the first time. So, and now I know for sure that this, the the store interface is 100% designed and directed by marketing people who know nothing about um, interface design or human psychology or anything. Because you now you look at your like lists of new stuff, you know, like hey, what's new? Let's go see what's new, right? And they've got like these big tiles across the screen, you know, kind of like how uh, Xbox does it. Ironically, uh, they kind of arranged it more like that now. Uh, but there's a new twist. There's a new feature that uh, the Xbox hasn't thought of yet, and that's that some of these items are advertisements, fully embedded in the list of products you're looking for exactly the same form as all the other items that are legitimate products other than a little tag at the top that says uh like like advertisement or feature or something i'm pretty sure microsoft does that too no they don't do that in their lists of games they do it in other ways yeah but they do not embed the advertisement in the list of games that you understand and expect to be only a list of games that's true. I haven't gone to the PSN store lately to see that, but that's Oof. that's despicable. Ooh, you know that picture with the with the drawing of the screw going into the forehead? 
That's what I feel like. I guess we'll just continue our complaining. Is that, well, that going to be the theme of no, today's no, show? No, there's another angle, something I actually want to discuss that isn't a, a rigid complaint. Okay. Um, so it has to do with what we started talking about, or we ended talking about last segment, right? The PSN store. Yeah. So this kind of design, to me, I mean, I'm totally speculating, but no legitimate designer would ever intend to do such a silly thing, Right. Because well, clearly it's not an element of design. It's an element of advertising. That's clear. Yeah. But the reason why no sane designer would ever want to do that deliberately is because it's, it is an adversarial approach to marketing and by proxy to design by basically confusing the player and what they're expecting. The whole thing about interface design is you want to put things in places where people expect them and you want to teach them how the interface works by virtue of its format and how you interact with it so they can learn the space of how they interact with it as easily as possible. And it's also you want them to remember, right? You basically want to facilitate learning as well as possible. That's a principal tenet of design. The reason why this is such a bad idea is because basically it turns your expectations on your head because you're expecting to see a game somewhere because that's what the shape and the nature and the dynamic of the software has taught you. And it's basically throwing that all out and saying, well, no, you know what? Uh, you thought this was a game. No, it's an ad. Now Wait, you so what happens when you click on it? It just shows you a video of something uh, like for... I don't like know. Charmin you know Ultra? what? Some kind of loading thing came up. It looks like it was going to a video, and I was like, I'm getting out of here. I just didn't hang around. Maybe I mean, it was just a different way to promote that particular game. Uh, well, no. It was a product. You know what? Oh, yeah. It was a different way to, pr- to promote uh, Totino's latest frozen product. Okay? <laughs> okay. So, but look, here's the thing. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because this is a really good example of how design and marketing – is now inexorably intertwined. And here's the thing, is that you could in many ways think of design and marketing as different angles of the same type of thing. But the problem is that all of these people who are in marketing, they don't have the expertise that designers have. And it's actually likewise for designers. Most designers don't don't value any of the things marketers do. But the problem is, is that instead of it actually being something symbiotic, or at least, uh, yeah, something like that, it's actually highly adversarial. And I can guarantee you that in corporations that make video games everywhere, the designers are always at odds with what the marketing people want to do. And it doesn't have to be that way, you see, because as a designer, I mean, you want to have, you want your game to be marketed well. You want your game to have the best marketing, right? The problem, I think, comes between the reality that marketers' backgrounds are so different than designers' backgrounds. That plus or idiosyncratic things, I think, results in a situation where basically marketers look at designers as like we have nothing to learn from these people and uh they're just stupid designers and they don't know about marketing so uh all their ideas are stupid and actually marketers have a similar marketers designers have a similar outlook about marketers and you know it's justified if you look at it at face value right because a lot of times what happens in this dynamic is that the marketers just try and find like they they go for like whatever methods 
they think are going to be uh, the most effective in terms of like direct output, right? Like if we make this change, we're going to make this many more sales, right? And that's all they're concerned of. But that's also – the problem is, is that that's also a very short, short-sighted way of thinking. And the designer way of thinking thinks for the long term and the marketer way of thinking thinks only for the short term. And I actually think that that's one of the main reasons why there's such a big dichotomy between philosophies. I think in a lot of ways, if you really look at it honestly, they're, they're actually different sides of the same approach. They're just two different, very different philosophies. And I really want to say that, you know, designers working hand in hand with marketers will produce something that mark, like a game that is more like a marketer says that he wishes he would make, right? Because I'm sure marketers have a wet dream about that. But the problem is, is that there is, there is a little bit of knowledge in each domain that the other domain doesn't accept. And I think that's like, that's the problem. You know, designers have to admit that, you know what, like you can't look at only, like there's some things that you have to really look at and examine and study and learn about that you don't know. And the same thing for marketers, but it doesn't mean that you should go half seas. That's not the answer either. I just find that there's a lot of friction between these uh, disciplines when there doesn't need to be. And I don't know. I mean, like the culture is so ingrained that the problem is, is that really like marketers need to study user psychology. That's the problem. They don't. And they think they know so, user psychology without really studying. So you're thinking they, they just like, oh, well, we have some real estate. Let's put an ad for Totino's in there when really they would do better if they hid the Totino's more subtly. No, well, see, that this is like a larger – that brings up a much larger issue, right? Because the thing getting is effective, but you, there's a cost to certain things, right? There is a cost, and certain costs marketers just completely discount where they shouldn't. Like there's a cost to Sony marketing Totino's at me when I'm trying to find out – this is such a good ad for Totino's, this whole segment. <laughs> well, when Totino's I'm trying to, is very good. Yeah, when I'm trying to find out what the new games are. And then, then they're marketing Totinos at me. I mean, whatever happened to, you know, oh, this new generation is so savvy and you can't market at them with like conventional ways and it's going to backfire and all that. I guess like, let's just throw that up. I mean, that, that happens. You know what? That just means don't put it on the television, put it in the PSN store. I suppose that's how they think it means, right? But yeah, the problem is, is that when, when I'm being sold something, Look, the time and the moment you, that you sell something to somebody or that you propose an offer or that you propose a pitch or something is really, really important. And what marketing is finding out now, especially with a lot of the free-to-play games, is that, hey, you know what? Like, If we actually impose an offer or a sales pitch or something when the player is at a certain negative state, we can get better results out of it. This is the foundation of a lot of free-to-play games. But the problem is, is that, well, that'll work for the, that'll work like immediately, but it completely discounts, like it completely assumes that, you know, us consumers are basically static agents who don't change our behavior patterns in response to things. Yeah. So in the case of a free-to-play, you mean like, I might buy this upgrade right now in the short term, but I'll realize later that it was a bad idea and never buy one another one of your games at all. Uh, no, like you might not do that, but you might um, do that like a whole bunch of times during a month and not think anything of it because it's just a dollar here, a dollar there. And then uh, when you get your credit card bill, you know, you found out that you spent four hundred and seventy eight dollars and then you're like, whoa, I had no idea I was actually spending that much money. And then you have a much more negative impression of not only that game, but the people who made it, everybody involved. And then you feel incredibly remorseful about yourself. And maybe you take a very drastic action, right? More drastic than you would have otherwise if you had not inadvertently spent way more money. But the negative aspect I'm talking about with like these ads is that, look, I mean, it's subtle, okay? It's not going to directly, and this is maybe what confounds the whole thing. You know, it's just, I don't, like, I, I think worse of the brand when I see this brand, uh, whatever brand it is, that is a wholly in line placed into, you know, a list of things. 
it's upsetting. I, I feel like they're, they're manipulating me. And, uh, you know, I don't think marketers want people to feel that way. It's kind of like, you know what it feels like to me? It's kind of like, um, actually like the water park is a really good example. Or if you go to like some kind of like event, right? Some kind of like sporting event where everything's like three times more than what it actually costs, you know, or if you go to the fair, yeah, whatever situation where it's like, they just nickel and dime you and you end up spending, right? It's like, okay, well, it's only, you know, 30 bucks to get into the water park, right? But then they'll charge you 10 bucks for parking and then they'll um, be, well, then you can buy a fast pass and not wait an hour. Dude, you know, you know these mud runs and stuff that I do? Yeah. So I did an obstacle course this weekend called the Ridiculous Obstacle Challenge, which was a little bit tame. It was still kind of fun, but I had to pay $5 just to pick up my bib at the event instead okay. of earlier, like at a pre thing pick up okay five bucks yeah just to okay. just just to like i already paid some absurd amount of money to register for the event but now i had to pay five bucks because i wanted to pick it up pick up my badge not my badge but my bib yeah at the thing instead of at the coordinated expo event oh a day before yeah that's and how do you feel about that oh that was that would really made me angry yeah, see, it makes you angry, but you pay it anyway. I, I want to run down the well, water. Well, at that park. point, it was—I mean, it was too far down. Yeah. But it, what it makes me feel is maybe I won't do the race the next time. Maybe I'll boycott it the next time around because they're just sleazy. Yeah, it does make you feel that way. Now, I don't remember. Do you remember if I've actually run down the whole water park thing in an episode previously? Uh, you and I have talked about the water park, but I don't know if it was on the show. Okay, so I'll I, make it's, it quick. It's, it's fun. So maybe we did. So. I'll just do it anyway, right? So they sell you, not only does food cost a lot of money there, right? And then they don't let you bring in outside food, of course. So you have to, if you're going to eat, you have to buy it there. But then they do this whole thing with like, okay, they're selling you a fast pass, which is uh, not useful unless it's busy. And then if it's busy, it's useful, but then it costs more money. But then if enough people buy fast passes, they're separate fast pass lines. So your fast pass actually undergoes a uh, microscopic form of inflation, where yeah, uh, we've definitely if, talked about this. If everybody yeah. has the fast pass, then uh, you're waiting in just as long a line, and then you've paid for nothing. And then there's an even another there's another layer on top of that because there's a limited number of tubes, and then so if it's busy, right? Because there's a limited number of tubes. If you get to the ride you want to ride, there might not be an available tube at the bottom. You have to wait for somebody to to get to the bottom. And then pick one up. So then what they do is they will allow you to rent the tube for another fee for the day. And then, oh, yeah, uh, if you you need a place to put your stuff. And if you don't have grandma hanging around all the time, then that's a locker that you have to buy for the whole day, too. And there's uh, there's a reason why I have for explaining all this. You will hear that when we come. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back. You're still listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. Website is UAT.edu. Is where where's uh, the IGDA meeting happening? It's at UAT. It is at the UAT. real one, not the .edu one. Yeah, and yeah. so it's at the the actual brick and mortar, and it's on the nineteenth. Yes, right. Which, when you're listening to this, is next week. 
Yes, but even before you listen to this, it'll be posted on our Facebook, so there'll be a time warp. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so let me wrap up this last topic. The reason why I was going through all that rigmarole was that I wanted to illustrate how there are certain business models that it's like they're adversarial, okay? But it's also like it's like get the consumer as upset as possible but not so upset that they won't pay your price. In other words, you pressure them to the – you don't want to maximally upset them. Like that's not the intent, right? The intent is that you want to maximally upset them. But the whole water park thing and actually a lot of these free-to-play games and a lot of – even these advertising, these, it's, it's a marketing philosophy and it's one that I really do not agree with. And it's a one where basically it's like, look – Bilk the consumer as much as you can. Get as much money out of them as you possibly can. And in the process, you upset them. But you upset them as much as you can before they get to the point where they won't pay the price. Get it? Yeah, but I mean your goal isn't the upsetting part. The goal is the money-making right. part. I mean, you're, But the thing is, is that like oh, these devices are so intrinsically upsetting, Right. They're like they're like they're like the atomic solution for marketing, because it's kind of like a ferric victory, right? It's like you win as a marketer because you get the sale, but it's at the cost of the consumer being remorseful and upset. And I just I just I hate that philosophy. I don't agree with it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're certainly right that a lot of companies do that. Uh, think only in the short term. I don't know. I guess I'm so used to it at that point, at this point. That... Yeah. Well, you know, look, the reality is going to come down to what do we aggregately as a culture value? Because it's up to like we vote with our dollars, but only in the aggregate in a way that applies any force at all. And so this is to me a cultural thing that unfortunately, I'm going to say it, you guys, we're a culture of chumps. And the reason why these strategies are effective for marketing is because we're all being chumps in these situations and we don't have to be chumps. The problem is, is that we have to choose not to be chumps in unison for it to mean anything. Yeah. Well, that's true. And that's, that's even boycotts don't work because there's enough other people out there who aren't paying attention. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. All right. So now, now last on last week's show. And by that, I mean the show we recorded like half an hour ago. Um, we had talked about the pricing of angry birds and and that sort of led into this this talk about um, different economies based on like who's who's buying and what they're buying it for and how parents buying for kids are more willing to pay or, or less sensitive to price I should say yes and are you aware of an exquisite example of this in video games Angry Birds example is a good one there's an even better example okay. and that is Skylanders. Oh, and boy. or Disney Infinity. Yeah. So if you don't know, and uh, obviously uh, I'm not an expert in these products because they're not marketed toward me. They're marketed towards kids. Yeah. You're going to be drastically reduced, by the way, on Black Friday, I believe, at Toys R Us. Like oh. half, half price or something. Oh, half price is probably they still have massive margins. This is yeah. so crazy. Okay, look, this is how these games work. This is the crux of the situation here. These games have content that you can only access by buying a physical toy. And the physical toy, of course, uh, does not cost what you would expect for digital content that you would get. So, in other words, this is like any old game that you have that's an action game. And instead of there being DLC for like two, three, four, whatever dollars, there's a toy that basically encapsulates that DLC content. Yeah, it's just an unlock key. For right. Content. And you have to buy the physical toy because that is the structure. And of course, the prices for these toys are massively exorbitant because they, can, they make crazy margin on the physical toy. Yeah. But what's also funny is like, like they'll have the, the big character, like physically large character is, uh, or toy, I mean. Uh, will cost more than the smaller ones, but then there'll be the rare items. Like Pokemon have rare cards and whatever, right? There's the rare ones that are, I don't know, glow in the dark or 
not painted or something. Of course they right? are. So they're the same small size, but they're a special rare version, so it costs more. And I don't know if that reflects in the game that you get the more you get a rare version of the same character. Anyway. So we don't care, but kids care very much, especially since uh, they have no sense of uh, cost or money or anything. Yeah, I went over a friend of mine, and, and he has some kids, and he's just got a bunch of the Skylanders And characters. how does he like Skylanders? Uh, he's actually, he said it wasn't bad. Like, he he was like, I should show it to you. It's actually kind of neat. But uh, but he definitely did remark how much money, like, all of that crap was worth, or retail value, right? Right. So yeah, they're so- all so expensive. Just to give you a frame of reference, I think for the latest Skylanders, you'd have to basically spend upwards of dollars to unlock all the areas of the game. I'm surprised it's that low, actually. Um, well, I'm sure you can find more ways to spend money, too. That's just simply to achieve nothing but unlocking all the game content. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, here's the other funny part, is that, right, because it's a kid's toy... The parent can, this is so clever. The parent can justify it by saying, well, if I don't buy him this toy, I was going to buy him that other toy anyway. So might as well just buy this one, right? Yeah. I mean, there. in some ways, I think it's a good thing, right? So like you think about getting someone, getting Okay, a how can possibly kids. anything good come out of this? Please well, tell so, me. Just because there's, we always complain about how we would rather have something physical than something digital, right? Mm, yeah, but I'm talking about like the box of the game, not like a little statuette. But the, you and I feel one way about that. But as a kid, you mean, and, like, and the storage device, it means it's a, it's this physical encapsulation of digital content. Like you, you, that's how you put it, right? And it, it's real. Like I kiss to someone on Christmas or birthday or whatever. Like here's a gift, right? The digital doesn't doesn't do that very well. It's much. It's not cool to give someone a little card with a code on it. Yeah. So you give them. Yeah, but then you give them that, and then uh, you better hope they have that product. Otherwise, it's oh, I gotta buy the whole game. Well, no, I mean, it. there's there's an understanding that the product already exists. But um, as as a parent or someone buying a gift for someone else, I can appreciate that it's a physical product. Well, I can, but. I, that's the that's the silver lining I'm finding. The, generally speaking, I I agree with you. Like it's it's kind it is of deplorable. Very, if I if I uh, what I don't need to ask for permission to use this term. It is a very sexy idea, and it is very cool conceptually, right? To have something that works in the game embodied in something physical. The people, I mean, we're talking about marketing. The people who came up with this system are geniuses. Oh, yeah. Because it is it is like just self-reinforcing and reinvigorating in And the pedestal so many lights ways. up, man. It lights up. Yeah, and it lights up. It's I mean, it is that, I mean, that Yeah, that is such an extract money out of parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're buying little figures and stuff anyway. This way, it sort of gives them life. And think about it. As a kid, let's say you like this character, like the Disney characters in Disney Infinity. How cool is it that you have this action figure, which is, you know, limited in how you can pose it and whatever. And actually, the Disney Infinity ones, I don't know if they're movable at all. But, you know, you get this thing. But then, through the magic of, you know, digital gaming, you put that character on a little sensor device and all of a sudden you can manipulate him and fly through worlds and do all that. Like, that's actually really cool. That idea is magnificent. But I wish, you know, uh, the gaming community has trouble uh, thinking about the fact that you bought a game that had this content and it just wasn't unlocked. And we had to, like, pay for downloadable content even though you're not downloading this new thing that the developers made. They made it beforehand. Yeah, I never understood why people complained about that in the first place. I I do. Because the thought is, like, I get whatever you put your time and money and development into and then release the game and now I have the game. Let me play it. Yeah, but the the fallacy in the argument that people are making was that, like, well, I've bought the and uh, this is that same guy from before, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And... Uh, I deserve to have everything on this disc because I bought it, right? And it's that kind of entitlement. And that just never made sense to me because uh, I don't see how you could look at it in any other way. But uh, whatever the media is, regardless of that, 
the seller ha- is entitled to choosing their how they're going to offer to sell you something. And it's your choice whether to take it or not. I mean, yeah, that's I, how sales work. I think it's just, it's legacy though. It's like in, in the past, you would buy a game and you get all of that game. And then the developers would build a sequel. They would take some more time. And so there was, there was very much like this real milestone. When the game goes on sale, you get that content. And then they work for another year or two or three or four. And they make another edition of that content and you buy it, right? And then digital came along, digital, uh, you know, downloadable content. Okay, so you bought the game, you have everything in the game, and then they decide, hey, we're going to release a new level for this. So we're going to work harder, make more stuff, and now you buy it. And it's just that that time period is compressing so that now people are developing downloadable content before the game's even released. So we, but we still have that mentality like, no, I mean, I'm, give me what I'm paying for, and if you need to work some more to do some more stuff, great. But you've already done the work, it's mine. I, I think that's where it comes from. It's that history of how we would be buying and consuming that content. Yeah, I think it just comes from the fact that, like, you can plausibly make that argument because you had it before, you know? That's that's pretty much it. But, I mean, the the timeline of development is different in the consumer's mind than it is in the developer's mind. You know, we feel one thing based on how we perceive Yeah. Well, to me, me, uh, like, the last thing I want to say is, like, you just... Look, the argument is the same as, like, okay, well, uh, I got level 300 in the game. Why can't I play level 300 first? That's the same argument. Okay, that's that's valid. Anyway, everybody, we I hope you enjoy your PlayStation 4s, or your Xbox Ones that you get next week, or whenever. I will certainly talk about them after Ara and I have played them. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.